Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. Well, we're here with Dan Cole. Uh, you know him from the 4x4 podcast, part of the 4x4 Radio Network. And he's uh, fresh in Alaska from his 7,589-mile trip in his 99 Jeep Cherokee. Dan, uh, welcome uh, back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. And, you know, it's worth noting that it wasn't just me in the Jeep. Um, it was my wife, my 9-year-old, 7-year-old. 16 month old and the Humphrey, the adventure beagle all pulling a trailer, those 7,589 miles. I can't believe you made the major family pull that trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I know we probably saved a ton of money camping along the way, but that money saved is going to be spent on counseling for the kids later. (laughs) Well, uh, how many times did the kids ask you, are we there yet? in that 7,500 mile trip. Well, the first time they asked, they asked, are we there yet? And I said, um, no, we'll be there in a couple of weeks. <laughs> and they were expecting like hours or minutes. And so after that, they stopped asking. Oh, excellent. Was it, there was no dad look or anything that stopped it. It was just they're, they're on, on their own volition. They stopped asking. Yeah. Yeah. In the past on lo- other road trips, uh, we've made the deal that if they could go the entire trip uh, without asking, they would get $5. Oh, uh, yes. Graft. And that worked well then. Yeah, yeah. Paying them off. That's a great, great idea. Uh, so yeah. in that 7,500 mile trip, how many times did the Jeep, Jeep break down? Now, I, I'm sure you had to replace sensors, tires. Uh, you probably caught on fire three or four times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, now I'll just remember, remind everybody, Dan has a 99 Jeep Cherokee that he reluctantly used because the, the, the army wouldn't ship it for him. So he had uh, had actually had to switch this last plan. Uh, His plans were changed at the last minute and had to take his 99 Jeep Cherokee. So tell the people how it fared. You know, surprisingly, it did extremely well. What do you mean surprisingly? (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) I fully expected, you know, it's a 16-year-old vehicle that is overloaded. And it's, you know, it's on 35-inch mud tires Mm -hmm. with, you know, 456 gears, lockers, bumpers, the winch, the whole nine yards built for off-roading, um, less so for highway travel. And it somehow made the entire trip. And all I had to do was a, a brake job on the rear. And that's really just routine maintenance. Right. Um, that, and that was early in the trip. At that point, we had only driven about a thousand miles. So those rear brakes were probably overdue anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I've arrived, I probably need to go through and do the front brakes as well. They were good at the time, but I know I'm going to need to replace the tires and kind of do a lot of winterization because um, even though it is July, I think the high for today up here may be in the 70s um, and it's going to start getting cold real fast. So I got to do some things to get the Jeep ready for that uh, negative 40, negative 50 weather. Oh, goodness. You could use the uh, the block heater like I have on my uh, my 98. 
uh, that I'll never, <laughs> ever use here. <laughs> I was going to say, I think your block heats itself pretty well. Oh, it certainly does. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, well, that's a, that's a, just very interesting that you made that entire trip and a brake change. And of course, pulling a trailer, I'm sure it was a, a great idea to, to make sure your, your brakes were, uh, up to, uh, up to spec. So, um, now I know there had to have been some interesting things and I don't know if this affected you or not, but I remember seeing on the news about a bunch of wildfires in, uh, I think the general vicinity where you were going, well, I say general vicinity, they were huge. Uh, did, did you have to come up with any, uh, any, uh, wildfire? You didn't, uh, jump in with a, uh, one of those red cups and start putting them up, putting them out. Did you? No, we didn't do any of the firefighting efforts ourselves. Uh, but as we were driving down the highway, we saw this tall black cloud of smoke coming up uh, on the left side of the highway as we were going north. And I we was talking to my wife, and as we got closer, the cloud got bigger and bigger and bigger until finally it was directly to our side. And you could see the orange flames in the middle of the smoke cloud. And those flames were probably, well, they were above the treetops. Um, so I would guess the flames are probably over a hundred feet tall. It was pr- pretty crazy at the time and we knew it was bad. So we snapped a quick picture. And then when we stopped at a rest stop, just, uh, maybe an hour down the road, maybe less than that, put it up on Instagram. And just minutes later, we found out that they had closed the highway about 30 minutes after we passed because, the high winds had blown the flames all the way over to the edge of the highway, and it was getting ready to jump the highway and spread to the next section. Um, so the highway, I think, was closed for about two days because of that fire, and we missed it by 30 minutes. So if I had, you know, taken a little more time making the morning coffee or pushing everybody out of the tent that morning, uh, then we would have been stuck, and that would have pretty drastically altered our travel plans because there's not not really any routes around the forest there's not that many routes going through british columbia and the yukon territory that we could have bypassed it yeah you have a perfect vehicle for uh the area that you're in because uh uh it's they have they have a road that goes from point a to point b (laughs) so uh i'm not saying that you'd want to trek off in the woods especially when they're on fire but it's nice to have a vehicle that you could uh, you could do that in if you if you had to and you know it's it's nerve-wracking enough being in a situation like that alone i can well imagine that you were just uh really concerned uh with your entire family with you um so uh, i'm glad you were able to make it through that and it sounds like you were able to make it through safely now there were no selfies with the uh, with the fire in the background right uh no no we were cruising down the highway at uh highway speed so it was just you know shooting pictures from the ram mount in my jeep from the dashboard so it's funny when you look at the uh look at all the pictures that i posted most of them that go through the windshield you'll see this giant crack in the window because oh. the uh my windshield did get pretty jacked up um from just you know seven thousand miles of riding behind trucks and dirt roads and everything it's it's harsh on a window Oh, I thought you had a crack to start with. I didn't realize it happened uh, on the on the trip. Yeah, that that couldn't have been fun. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it, I'm overdue for a new window, but uh, just on this trip, I cur- collected a crack that runs from directly in front of the driver all the way over to the right side of the the hump on the center console, and then a couple rock chips that are pretty deep. I mean, it's I don't know if you shot a glass with a 22 at about a hundred yards, it would probably do about the same thing. My goodness. I didn't even think about that on that kind of trip. So you're going to be talking about this on the four by four podcast, uh, a member of the four by four radio network, of course. 
uh, on uh, an upcoming uh, episode, aren't you? Uh, upcoming episodes, because it was a very long trip. We covered a lot of different things. Um, so I'm going to kind of break it down into a couple different shows because there's just too much, unless we had one like eight hour marathon show, <laughs> there's just too much to fit into one show. So uh, episode 103 that's coming up, we're going to talk about kind of a summary of the whole trip, go down by the numbers. You know, we've already mentioned it's 7,589 miles, but I know people are interested in how many tanks of gas is that. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we, I've gone down by the numbers, how many nights of camping, trying to, you know, spread it out so that somebody can replicate the trip for themselves. So we'll do that in one show. Um, I also attended the Pacific Northwest Overland Rally and Workshop, and there's so much information there. I attended um, probably 10 or 11 classes uh, where they brought in an expert on a particular topic, everything from trailer maintenance, ham radio operations to solar panel setups and um, traveling the Arctic Circle and around the world trip. The Expedition 7 gave a presentation. So we're going to take some time and kind of break that down and give some of the interesting talking points from each of those classes. And then the other, uh, let's see. Oh, and then the trailer performance. Everybody's interested in how the trailer performed that I built specifically for this trip. And really, you know, this trip is, I say it's at a pause. We haven't actually finished as far as I'm concerned because uh, I was driving to work the other day and noticed that there is a, you know, those signs on the side of the highway that tell you the mileage to the next city or whatever. Mm -hmm. There is a sign that says I'm 165 miles from the Arctic Circle. <laughs> yeah. So that's on the list. Uh, we'll also go up to Dead Horse, uh, the northernmost city on, or really not a city, but it's up on Prudhoe Bay uh, where they do a lot of oil drilling operations. Um, but that's well above the Arctic Circle. So we got to go up there. Uh, and then there's the Denali National Parks. So there's a lot of things that are going to be happening in phases, uh, upcoming phases of the Alaska expedition in air quotes because it's really not a true expedition but it is pushing the limits of what kids and my wife will put up with <laughs> now now i hope during uh at least one of the podcasts you're going to be doing to cover this uh, this trip you're going to go over the pizza in the uh the the big iron pot i forget the name of the, the name brand that you use oh yeah the uh, the lodge dutch oven. yes the lodge <laughs> <laughs> yep, Lodge Cast Iron, they really hooked us up. We didn't get to use the Dutch ovens as much as I had hoped and how much I, I normally would on a trip like this because of the uh, the fire right. uh, bands. Um, but we uh, Lodge also hooked us up with a seasoned steel cast, uh, not cast iron, seasoned steel skillet. And man, we cooked a ton of meals out of that. We had popcorn in the Dutch oven right on the cook stove. So uh, there were a lot of pictures on Instagram of all the amazing food that we had along the way, just cooking at camp. So mm -hmm. yeah, we'll talk about that. The outdoor edibles section has a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff to go in there. Yeah. If you can ever add smell to your podcast, uh, I think you'll, your numbers will, will jump, uh, incredibly for the, for the cooking segment. Well, yeah. Dan, we'll, well and I'm so sorry. The other thing about the food is we had to kind of tone back what we normally would, um, because we were camping through bear country. Oh, so no bacon, no sausage, uh, because from what I hear, that brings in the bears real fast. Mm, mm -mm. Well, I, I know it brings me in. I, I love that, uh, that, that bacon smell, especially out in a campfire. 
Well, Dan, we look, really look forward to uh, hearing all about this on the 4x4 podcast and uh, on the 4x4 Radio Network. And you guys should uh, make sure you set your calendar for episode uh, 103 and I guess 104, 105, 106, 107. No telling how many. So we can do all the 7,589 miles of this trip. Amazing, Dan. I, I, and based on what you're saying, and of course being up in Alaska, I think that trailer is going to come in uh, very handy for all your trips in and around Alaska. Amazing country. It's it's a, a, a one of uh, the, the things that I think I'd love to do, at least to go up there to visit. So uh, you're in a, a great position to uh, do the adventure, and uh, we get to hear all about it on the 4x4 podcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, just try, try and tease out some of the great topics that are coming up. So it's going to be great fun. Looking forward to it, Dan. On this week's Tony and Josh show, carrier pigeons move over. ISIS has suicide bomber chickens. We take a peek into the wild kingdom and find some unique insects that have some rather special powers. Got a high-tech vehicle? Well, you better think of getting a firewall. Hackers are now targeting cars. It was likely going to be more of a scandal than that whole WikiLeaks thing. This website's recent hack is likely going to make a lot of people very nervous. Talk about a crappy way to win 100 bucks. We'll let you know what these contestants had to do to get their cash on the next Tony and Josh show.